Okay, you ready to talk all things 2023? I believe so. Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Autumn. And I'm Peter. And though it is 2024, we're gonna recap our episode or our project for 2023 in this episode, this first Wednesday episode of the year. Uh, we did something like this last year. We did it in two separate interviews. This is just going to be a very long as it needs to be about an hour. Uh, episode where Peter and I talk about um, the best movies of the year, the worst, the best in each genre, all of that good stuff. So since we have no idea how long it's going to be, we're just going to get right into it. So which would you like to mention first? Honorable mentions or get right into top five? I think honorable mentions usually go before the top five. Okay. So our honorable mentions category is essentially movies that we're not going to mention at any other point, um, but that we wanted to just kind of give a little shout out, say that we enjoyed, um, even if they don't fit into any of the other categories. So what do you have in that category? Well, in no particular order. Um, I have a couple of five and four star book or movies books, Jesus. Um, I have Snatch. Thought it was really good. Something we just watched, basically, like within the last month mm-hmm. or so. Um, the Mummy. That was fantastic. It, I only gave it a four star, I think. Um, but it was it was just really fun, you know. Like it didn't really fit any of the stuff. I mean, I probably could have made it fit. Um, one of these genres, but it was just, it was good. I didn't want to forget about it. First time I've ever seen it. Uh, Sea Beast. That kind of goofy, you know, monster hunting movie. That was fun. I liked that one a lot. I wanted to mention that. That, I believe, had Oscar nominations. Yes, that's why we Um, watched it. But we watched it after the fact, I think. Well, after. Uh, we had, and then I have Departures. This has to be an honorable mention for me because I've already seen it. You know, I'd seen it before we watched it. It was the first movie we watched last year. Phenomenal. I give it five stars. I think you give it four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. There's a reason it won Oscars, right? It is. I still think about that Like, one. it's so good. And then my last one was Causeway. I didn't put it in any of my spots for anything else this year. Um, but, man, <sighs> Brian Tyree Henry, you know, <sighs> J-Law. Really, yeah, <laughs> he really makes that movie. Yeah, it, it's great. That's a great movie. All right, so I have a couple, too. Um, I had to give a shout-out to Elemental because I thought it was so fun. Um, it's not my favorite family film of the year, uh, but I really loved it, and I have to say my preschool students also really love it. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, so big hit for grown-ups and for kids. Um, Red, White, and Royal Blue is a movie we watched this year. I smiled through that entire movie. I thought it was so fun. It really reminded me of all the things I loved about the book. The acting was great, and it just, it, that's exactly what it was, was like a fun rom-com movie. Um, Juno, I watched for the first time this year, so kind of similar to you saying The Mummy, is just like a a classic movie that I finally saw for the first time. Uh, Peter did not really enjoy it, but I genuinely really, really loved it. Uh, and then similarly, I watched Avatar for the first time this year. 
um, so that we could watch Way of Water for the Oscars. And there's a reason that people love Avatar. It is a very good movie, and it stands the test of time with its effects. Like, it's still... Are you talking about the first one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely okay. not Way of Water. <laughs> I mean, Way of Water was pretty. Yeah, but it wasn't... Yeah. The, the storyline of the first... The first one had, like, everything you want in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um and Way of Water was kind of a letdown after that, especially having watched them so close together. Uh, and then my last one is See How They Run, which is a Agatha Christie mystery movie that Ooh, Peter that picked. was a good one. It was so fun. At the very end, I almost put this for a memorable scene, but there are a couple other things that beat it. But like at the very end, when the big mystery is being revealed, like we actually get to meet Agatha Christie in the movie. She becomes a character. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think about that one very fondly. That movie was a really <laughs> good time. Murderous old lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do the same thing we did for books in the Anything But Films episode mm-hmm. when talking about our top five. So yes. we're going to go from number five to number one. And I'm I'm very excited. It was fun to do the interviews last year, but I'm excited to get to like react in real time and compare our top five. Yeah. So what do you have at number five? At number five, I have Only Lovers Left Alive. Wow. That movie was so good. It had a lot of, like, the, you know, it's like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a pseudo-spiritual, intellectual kind of, like, vibe to it that I I get into, you know? And fits very well with a vampire theme. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, and it just, I love that. That was super awesome. It was super atmospheric. Um, It was just great. It really was. I I, I enjoyed it so much. Um, Yeah. My number five is a movie I couldn't believe we watched this year. Like, I really felt like we watched it last year. But we watched it, like, mid this year. It wasn't even early. And that is Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Uh, this yeah. was a recommendation from my friend Brittany, who really, like, saved my movie year in a lot of ways. So <laughs> shout out to Brittany, because Juno was a recommendation from her. There's a couple others that were just really good films that we watched uh, because Brittany recommended them. But my favorite of all of those was... Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. But <laughs> one of my favorites <laughs> of those was Little Miss Sunshine. I just... I, it had everything I love in a movie. It was funny... It was heartfelt, it had deep family themes, it had characters that you could really, like, root for and get connected with, and I just, I I loved everything about it. Yeah, that was good. My number four for the year is The Prestige, which I think might be the one you're referencing (laughs) that's better than (laughs) Little Miss Sunshine. Um, That was a Britney pick, but honestly, I've I've known about The Prestige and I wanted to watch it. Really? I didn't. Yeah, I had heard about it. I didn't, I didn't know the twists or anything, yeah. but I heard that it was good. Okay, I would not have known about it. When we first started this project, that was one of the first movies Brittany recommended to me, and I was like, I have to watch that. But then I couldn't find a way to like get my hands on it. Oh, yeah. And so it took this long, but man, was it worth oh. it. That movie was fantastic. It's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of long, but it's just so good. Every... Every twist and turn, and Michael Caine, and um, what's his name? It's Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Christian Bale. We've seen Christian Bale in a couple movies this year. That I, He's just a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Especially in this role. Oh my god. And yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman, also fantastic. It is. We watched two Victorian London shows this year, I think. 
I don't know if there was more than two, but there was at least two. What was the other one? Sweeney Todd. Okay, that's which what I was, was thinking too. Neither of us, us like Sweeney Todd. I hated the Prestige redeemed Victorian London as a as a fun era they're for me. They're very different movies. I know, but they're just it's just so good. Like, oh my gosh, um, yeah, I I could I couldn't you know I I I couldn't I I could not put this on my top five. Yeah. My number four is a little movie called Flamin' Hot that just captured my heart this year. Uh, this I'm was so one of so glad I saw that on Hulu. Yeah, this is one of Peter's picks. It is the story of the man who invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos. He starts out as a janitor at the Frito Lay company, mm-hmm. and he just like has this dream of saving the company. And he and his family work together, and it is it's based on a true story. It is so well acted, and it's so well edited. Like, it's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, the way they pieced it together. Um, it just... Yeah, I've recommended this movie to so many people. I don't think anyone has watched it. <laughs> but when Peter first picked it, I was like, okay, I'm kind of intrigued. Because I do love a biopic. I love a based mm-hmm. on a true story. But also, like, where is this going to go? It looks a little silly. And it was silly. In the best way. It mm-hmm. was so fun. I just, I just freaking love that movie. My number three this year was True Grit. Mm. Um, the Jeff Bridges to True Grit, of course. We didn't watch the uh, the fifties one. We watched or the sixties one. We watched the modern one. Um, that was good. It was real good. Um, Jeff Bridges as Rooster Cogburn. Uh, Haley Steinfeld as Maddie. Like mm-hmm. and Maddie Ross is yep, Maddie Ross. Ross. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's. Just, that was a great movie. It, it's put together so well. Um, so many of the lines are so deadpan in delivery. Like, I don't, there's not, like, every comedy line in that movie is deadpan. Like, it's all, you know, like, Rooster saying something blunt. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just so good. It was, that was, that's probably my favorite Western movie I've seen in a, in, uh, probably ever. I mean, yeah. at least in a very long time. You know, it was, that was super good. <sighs> My number three is a reach, recent watch, uh, The Birdcage, mm-hmm. which is a movie I really loved. As soon We were like 10 minutes into it, and I knew it was going to be a five-star. I think I even said that to you at the time. It's uh, Robin Williams and his performance is what really stands out to me in this movie, but so much of it is so good. He owns a, a drag club, and he is living with this man who's one of his, his drag stars, and they have a son that they've... It's, it's Robin Williams' character's son, but they've raised him together his whole life. His mother has never been involved, and this son wants to get married to a conservative politician's daughter, and it like causes all this, pro- all this trouble, and he wants his parents to pretend to be people they aren't, and it just it's such an interesting look about family, but it is also so pretty to watch. Like mm-hmm. the set pieces are so cool. This place that they live yeah. in in Florida is so interesting the way their home is decorated Mm -hmm. there's always something to look at it it got Oscar nominated for set design yeah yeah and I and I get why like the colors even like every single thing about this movie visually and I I didn't pick it as best visually because it's in my top five but I I enjoyed watching this movie in literally every every layer there is Mm -hmm. like number two for me was Changeland. I forgot we watched that. That this was number year. two. That I was, was banking on that being me. your it number was one. Almost number one. I have was, no idea what you're gonna say for it. It was one. it was so good. Changeland was fantastic. 
Um, it was just, it was just so good. I mean, like, I, I, I probably would have put this at number one, um, but there's another movie that we watched this year that I think was, like, a little more powerful, I think. Okay. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's very much like a tied for first place for me. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say either one was really better, better, um, but... Mostly production budget, I think, is what ended up taking yeah. me over for the for the number one spot. But oh my god, Changeland was just so good. Oh, I have it in other spots too, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But it it was just so good. I totally forgot we watched it this year. This seem feels like a movie we watched when we moved here somehow, like which is not the <laughs> three case. years ago. Exactly. Like it just feels like it's. It feels like it's been a part of my life for longer than it has. That's high praise. Yeah, it's so good. My number two film is The Prestige. No, okay. Which Peter has already talked about, but it is, it's so fun. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale give great performances, and it is constantly messing with your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so fun, is you're just waiting for, to see how these two are going to get back at each other next. And no matter what you guess, you're never going to, like, have it fully figured out, because there's so many things working behind the scenes. Such a good movie. Thank you, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) My number one was Oppenheimer. Ah, okay. A, a great movie. Like I said, only beats out Changeland because the production value was much higher. Uh, it was cool. It, that was it was like the Wolf of Wall Street of this year for me, right? Oh, okay. Like a bunch of recognizable actors. It the acting is phenomenal. The story is phenomenal. It's based off a true story, which is always really good. You know, it ugh. It was just so good, like, and such a crazy experience in the theater. That might, I think that might have also been, that might have been my original reason for putting it at number one, so we saw it in theaters, so we got the full, like, visual experience Mm -hmm. of it, right? Oh, that's just, it's just so good. It's one of the movies of the year. Oh, yeah. That's a good choice. Oh, yeah. That's going to be an Oscar nomination for sure. Oh, yeah. There's no way it's not. And I, I am always wrong about that sort of thing, but this is so obvious yeah. that it's, it's easy to, to put your money on. My number one has not changed from our mid-year interview. Do you know what it is? I don't remember the mid-year interview. My number one movie of the year is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among no, Thieves. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie is so fun. I watched it twice within two months. Mm-hmm. I saw it with Peter, and then I visited a friend, and... The second time was almost better because we went to this small, like, locally owned theater and we were two of three people in the theater. Like, we thought we were going to be alone and then someone walked in and sat in the back at the very end. But it was so funny. It really has remind. We don't have... And maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but we don't have, like, as good of fantasy movies these days yeah i feel like like that is that's a hole in the industry Mm -hmm. that kind of needs to be filled and i really think that this dungeons and dragons as as a franchise if that's what it becomes like i i've said this before on the podcast i really hope that they keep doing these movies but as individual stories instead Mm -hmm. of just carrying over the chris pine plot line with different actors and different stories and seeing different parts of the world because this was just a fantastic fantasy movie it was so well done. It was so fun. The characters were so lovable. Oh, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm surprised. This is my number <laughs> one. But like, I, there's no other movie. I literally was like, I need to watch this immediately after, and then actually did. So, <laughs> all right. So we are going to move on to best in genre. 
When we answer these sorts of questions, we don't allow ourselves to pick from our top five because it's pretty obvious that that's our best in genre. Um, and we're trying to mention as many of the 102 movies we watched this year that we loved as possible. Yeah. So, Peter, what did you end up picking for your favorite family movie? Which I guess would... Nope, never mind. I had a very close tie between Blue Beetle and Barbie. Oh, okay. I think Barbie's technically a family movie. Is it? Maybe. <laughs> I don't even know if o- Blue Beetle's a family older movie. Older family movies. <laughs> These are PG-13 movies. That's okay, fine. Fair I, I, enough. It didn't, have, it didn't say kids movie. It says family movie. Yeah, I said you could go, judgment, You could go so. to Blue Beetle as a family. Yeah. You definitely could go to Barbie as a family, especially like People a mother-daughter did. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, we saw a lot of mother-daughter combos that... You know, and like I, I think that both those movies were really fun, and I think they were really entertaining, um, and they were just they were just great. I think Barbie was probably a little bit, um, I I actually like Barbie a little more, I think, but mm-hmm. also Blue Beetle was just like I'm so excited to see if that goes anywhere. If they like continue doing any Blue Beetle stuff, mm-hmm. you know, at least they've already got his. Like like they they, they teased there's gonna be more, mm-hmm. and they've already got his power set done we've got his origin story so if they do another one they can introduce more characters which is what i want i want more characters because i think that that generation of of dc heroes is is a fun one my favorite family movie was marcel the shell with shoes on (laughs) i love that movie i love everything about it that that's all i really need to say he's just shell with shoes on and he becomes a youtube sensation and he just wants to find his family and it's the one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but uh-huh. it's so wholesome and it's so cute. <laughs> For action is the next category best or best in genre action. I put Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I needed to go somewhere, <laughs> um, and I, I it was just it was so fun. Like you said already, it was just so fun. Ugh, it was a great movie. That graveyard scene was just one of very the, funny the, yeah the super entertaining I've seen this year. <laughs> yeah i should have put that in best scenes i should have too i didn't totally forgot i'm about glad it. we're mentioning it then my favorite action movie was the foreigner really this was a movie that could could have also been put as most surprising for me i think i mean i really like jackie chan so that part yeah. wasn't surprising but it's it's rare for me to be so engrossed in a movie that's so action based yeah. um and I think it's because there is a good a good amount of focus on the characters. There's mm-hmm. a good balance there. But also, like, the actual action was so intriguing to watch. Mm-hmm. So I I was surprised by how easy it was for me to pick for this category this year. For sci-fi, I have a movie that you hated, but I put as a five-star, which is semi-unusual. We had Pitch Black. Mm-hmm. The Riddick movie. I mean, I still want to watch the second Riddick movie. And I know you don't want to watch the second I Riddick really movie. I really don't. <laughs> but it's not an alien movie. It's it's a Riddick movie instead. Like, it's about him more than it's about the, the monster. It's not a monster movie. You know what I I'm saying? I have never lost my composure more on this podcast than when we talked about Riddick's glowing eyes. Was, I, could, I lost was, all control. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's stupid, but it's fun. Um, I, I really liked it. I mean, I, we didn't watch a lot of sci-fi this year, I don't no, think. No, not really. Guardians of the Galaxy was in there, but I just... I mean, I should have put that as an honorable mention, but that, just, that movie was just so sad yeah. that I was just like... Arr. 
That's I put <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three as my favorite yeah. sci-fi movie. This is one. If you remember our episode, us talking about it, we both gave it five stars. We both said I will never watch that again. Yeah. Um. There are heavy themes of of animal abuse. You, you're getting Rocket's backstory. Tragic backstory. Yeah. And it is hard to watch. I have never felt so heavy after a movie, especially a movie I kind of expected to be fun because the Guardians movies are usually pretty fun. I mean, I. I knew that it was going to focus on Rocket's backstory, but but also, like, a bad movie can't make you feel that deeply either, you know? So it gets credit where credit is due, but it's not something I would ever want to watch again. For best romance, I put The Birdcage. Which, it's kind of, it's pretty much a romance, you, you know? You can it's, consider that a romance. It's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of drama and some comedy about it, but at the, at the end of the day, it's it's about, you know... These two men figuring these two out men, <laughs> their like, romance. Their, their love for each other, and, like, how... Um, I can't remember the names of the characters at this point, but, like, how, you know, the, the, the wife one is convinced that he's being cheated on at the beginning, yeah. and then it's like... And they have a lot of heartfelt conversations throughout it where... Where Robert Williams is like reconvincing him that like no, I promise it's not you. Like it's because it, you know it's very dramatic, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and it was, it was part of his charm. Yeah, it was romance. You know, it was. I would say I would call it a romantic comedy. You, you know, don't have to defend sorts. it to me. <laughs> great movie, great movie. Um, my favorite romance movie was The Proposal. Yep, you gave it five stars. So I, figured I did it give it five favorite. stars. Um, and as I mentioned in that episode, the reason this is my favorite is because it's a rom com that's actually funny. Yep. And it's been a while since we've watched something like that. I would say it like leans more into the comedy, which in turn makes the romance better. Yeah, cuter. Yeah. yeah. All right. For drama, this one was a little harder for me. I put Lost in Translation. It counts. I yeah. had four. I gave it four stars. You know, I would call that a drama. I almost had Lost in Translation for romance, but I remember the fact the the one thing I didn't like about that movie was that they. They didn't just let them be friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. I, that's why I put it at a, a drama. My favorite drama was Gone Girl. Yeah? Which I gave five stars. I remember that was another movie that was kind of surprising to me. Because it's, it's a well-loved story. I've never read the book, but when things are that popular, you just kind of know what they're about. And I didn't think there was anything about it that would surprise me. But I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And for comedy, again... We have had a dearth of comedy movies this year, I feel. Um, so I thought Theater Camp was fantastic. Yeah, that's a good I one. I wasn't expecting Jimmy Tatro to be in it. I wasn't expecting it to have the level of comedy that it did. But it was funny. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And it was a four star for me, you know? Yep, we both gave it four yeah. stars. My comedy pick was Kapoor and Sons, which... To be honest, I was just trying to fit somewhere. <laughs> it's like a it's like a comedy drama. It's it's got romance. It's got all of these uh, different things in it. But I just really enjoyed this movie. I gave it four point five stars. It's about family and brothers, and it just is so good. And this is the second Indian movie we've watched for this project, and I love them every time. So here's here's to more films from India. In 2020. We will watch Indian Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. What do you want to do next? Alright, next let's talk about your favorite 2023 film. So your favorite new release, not from your top five, obviously. For that one, I have Asteroid City. 
Good one. It didn't fit anywhere else. It's the last thing we watched for the year. Um, and I thought it was great. You know, I loved the... We just literally just talked about this in the last episode. But, like, mm-hmm. I loved just the, the format, you know, the of it as a, like, documentary about a play, about a... You know, ugh, it was weird. It was weird. It was Wes Anderson. It was entertaining. My favorite 2023 new release was Blue Beetle. And I think it's because it got me excited about superhero movies again. Yeah. It's been it's been a while since we've watched a superhero film that I've been like, oh, I'm so intrigued, I want to know more. Like, it's been since Infinity War or Endgame. Like, it's <laughs> it's been a long time. Well, that's a lie, because Shang-Chi was so good. Yes. But, yeah. So, that's I had to pick it, because it, it has me intrigued about, about superhero films again. What is a movie you're glad you finally got to this year? This is a triple. Okay. I have Pitch Black. I have two, so. I need to talk about it. Stargate. Really glad I watched the first Stargate. Great movie. You know, super fun. Um, and then uh, and then The Mummy also fits in there as well. Just like three, like, what felt like 90s era movies, you know. It just They were just great. I really I enjoyed them all. You know, they were all fun. I'm really glad that I got to A League of Their Own. This is, again, one of those, like, classic movies that you just need to watch, and I I loved it. I gave it five stars. Um, And also, for me, this was the first year I watched any of the Indiana Jones films. So that's one I'm definitely glad I've gotten to. There's a lot of cultural context that I have been missing uh, for the first 25, 26 years of my life that I now have. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, Most disappointing. Yeah. For this, Enemy. I think if that movie was... I don't know. I don't know. I forget what was exactly wrong with that movie at this point. All I can think about when I think about that movie is the giant spider. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like... So, uh... the, the scenes of that movie where it's like a giant spider. Like That's the cool parts of that movie. And it's the very end. It's yeah. like the last five seconds. Like the last scene. That scene gets memed. Yeah. There are memes of, of like of like you know it's like reaction memes about like like me looking at whatever and it's, it's like him staring at the spider like flinching back in the room like I I don't even know I don't even know it had potential but it was bad yeah yeah like there are parts of it that it should should have been good but I think for me remember it was it was part of the what was it the music oh yeah yeah the music was so tense but it didn't fit it was the like plot. tension music the whole time yeah it, it just it was just most of it was him walking. It was, I, ugh, so, you watch, so if disappointing. You, if you ever want to watch Jake Gyllenhaal watch, man, walk, man, do we have a movie Walk for in a yellow environment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's yeah. two Jake Gyllenhaals, so you yeah. just, that's double the walking. Yeah, double the walking, <laughs> double the Jake. <sighs> uh, my most disappointing film of the year was Sleepless in Seattle. I really wanted to love that. That was also it. very disappointing. And I just didn't like it. I almost it. actually put that as the second one for disappointing. Yeah, I have an honorable mention to Tar, because when the Oscars list came out, I thought I was going to like that one. I gave it 1.5 stars. I was yeah. so bored. We didn't like Tar. It was so boring. I think I gave it two something. And it was so long. Yeah, it was really... <laughs> it was tar was really long. Unnecessarily long. Yeah, just watch, watch a woman, you know dissociate and destroy her life yeah. over the course of two and a half hours. Uh, what was your most surprising? Changeland. Changeland was surprising? Yeah. Remember we just, I just, I was like, Oh, you picked it. Ah, sure. I, I, it was like a random pick. I like, I didn't have anything planned for that day. I was like, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's got Seth Green in it. And I was like, and it was, it's my, it was tied for my first, like the best movie of the year. I was like, holy shit. This is, this is fantastic. 
I hope I find another movie like that next year. Or this year, I guess, because technically it is already 2024. My most surprising goes to the Royal Tenenbaums, because between that and Asteroid City, Wes Anderson has kind of been redeemed for me this year. This is, again, another shout-out to Britney, because I never would have watched this movie if she hadn't said, hey, if there's one Wes Anderson movie you're gonna like, it's gonna be this one. And she was so right. It's so good. It's about this family and their complicated dynamics, and again, so so pretty to look at. Um, yeah. As as, mo- as Wes Anderson films are. His pastel style is just, it's awesome. Yeah. Like the color Unma- pops. Unmatched. So, yeah. All right. Worst movie. I have two. Because I know we've, 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 uh, yeah, I, I put two too. <laughs> um, so it's pretty easy. You can say Spring Breakers, right? Yes. Spring Breakers. Spring Break. I put, I put obviously. Spring Break. <laughs> this is the first movie we've ever given 0.5 stars. Yeah. It was bad. It just sucked. It wasn't it got, good. It got 0.5 because it was a movie. It met the length requirement to be considered Did a it? Movie. Wasn't it only like an hour and a half or hour and 20 minutes That's long That's what's or so weird is it felt like the longest movie we've yeah, watched this year. It was year. so fucking short and it was like <laughs> we forever. We watched Freaking Oppenheimer, which is three hours long. And it felt like Spring Breakers was like double the length of that. It's just so bad. Um, so my my worst was Juno. And I think that also fits in a disappointing because like again, everybody likes that movie. It's a well liked movie. And theoretically, on paper, and even in the style, yeah, you should I should have liked, liked that movie. Yeah. I just didn't like the movie. I didn't like Juno. I didn't like Paige's character. You know? Yeah. I don't know what it was. Just she just infuriated me. Um, my second one is is Enemy, so Spring Breakers mm. and, and Enemy. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't involve anymore. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Best movie theater oh. experience. Dungeons and Dragons. It was just sitting in the theater and you, watching. You were fun to sit next to. I during was that movie. so excited. Yeah. Because. If that movie starts in Icewind Dale, and I talked about this on the podcast that we talked we talked about D and D, and I went like, I know where that is, and it was so bizarre. You were like, I've been there. It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it wasn't a I know where that is like a oh that's a picture of Paris. It's it was like a it was like a I've been there. I I oh yeah yeah I, I walked over there. It's like I didn't. I don't even. When I put when I play D and D, I'm the dungeon master, so technically I don't walk anywhere. But you've been there just as much as yeah. anyone else has. But mentally, I've seen that place. Yeah, I've uh, we they walked around inside the the, the entryway, the foyer. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I know where this is. <laughs> it's like it, it's like it would be like if you saw your the street you grew up on in a movie, and you'd be yeah. like, holy shit, <laughs> like like. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've spent a lot of time there. It's bizarre. It was bizarre. Like I had this. I had a similar feeling. This is a little bit of an off topic. Similar feeling in uh, in Watch Dogs Legion when I started playing in last year. It was like I I, I realized I was outside of the British Library and I was like, holy fuck! I was in that courtyard. <laughs> like it looks the same. <laughs> and it, it keep going. <laughs> My best movie theater experience was Oppenheimer, which you kind of talked about the the experience of watching that in the theater. First of all, 
it's just a great movie to watch in the theater. Yeah. I couldn't oh, yeah. imagine experiencing that movie in any other format. Um, but also, that was just a really good day. <laughs> like, we went for our three-year wedding anniversary. We got a little bit dressed up. We got, like, extra good food just for the fun of it. We were going to a fancy restaurant afterwards. And we both, like, it was a random Tuesday. We both took off work. And we had all the time in the world to just be at a three-hour movie in the middle of the day. Like, yeah. it just, like, the vibes were, <laughs> were perfect. Mm-hmm. And that movie is one you just have to see on the big screen. Yeah. All right, best visually. Oppenheimer for me. And I think that feeds into why it was my movie pick. It was yeah. the the transitions between black and white and yeah. color for when you're seeing Oppenheimer's story in color and then Robert Downey Jr.'s character in black and white. Mm-hmm. He's the bad guy, basically. Oh, my God. Like, when you realize that, you're like, oh, shit. Like... His, this is in black and white, and it's the future one, because he's a dick. <laughs> and, and I was like, this is awesome. It's It was so good. It, it, it was, and, and like, the, the bomb itself going off was very visually impressive and very, like, aud- auditorily impressive. It was just, mm-hmm. like, this, like, roaring noise. Oh, it was so cool. My best visual movie was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That was very pretty. Yeah. When you're talking about animation, like, nothing's going to top these movies um for the past couple years i feel like because the style is just so new and fresh and fun and this one because they're pulling from all the other universes like adds on to that like you have a different animation style for every single universe they're in and they flow together so seamlessly it's just so fun to watch all right now we're going to be getting into our top three performances in no particular order okay so, uh, my first, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to start at the bottom and go to one, because I kind of did. So yours are in an order? Uh, a little bit, actually. Okay, mine are not. Um, my, uh, my, my, one of them, I guess, the one that I have the least on here, was Gene Hackman as, uh, as Royal Tenenbaum. In uh, in the Royal Tenenbaums, he's perfect. He is perfect. He is the perfect character to play the weird, estranged, drunk patriarch of this eclectic family. It, I, it, I honestly, I, I couldn't. I, you know, it was, it was great. I, I couldn't, I couldn't fault it. It was like the perfect choice. Uh, one of my top performances is Jesse Garcia in Flamin' Hot as, okay. the, as the main yeah. character. He's just. He plays a character that you instantly love and want to root for. And I don't think they could have put a better actor in for that character. Yeah. Uh, my number two was Macaulay Culkin in Changeland. Yeah. His, I don't even know what that character's name was. I don't it doesn't even, even matter. matter. <laughs> but like the delivery on the like, like, like people always say like, do, do you miss your life or whatever? Like, how could I miss something I'm living right now or whatever? Yeah. Like, it's just, I mean, like, I'm always going to botch that line, but it was so fucking good. You remember the feeling. Yeah. It was just like, it was like it. holy shit, he's right. Like, that's, that, that movie, if you're in the right place to watch that movie, it's going to hit you so, so incredibly well. Right? Oh, so good. Um, my second one I have here is Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light. I just thought that she, again... 
they could not have cast that character more perfectly. She's this woman who's working for a movie theater, but she's never seen a movie before. And I don't have it in my top three scenes, but I so vividly remember the ending when she finally, like, asks her coworker to put a movie on for her and, like, oh the God, wonder yeah. in her face when she sees that. I just, she, it's a weird character, but she, she played her very well. For my number one, I have, we have a duo, uh, Haley Steinfeld and Jeff Bridges in True Grit. I don't think, and I mean like, good for, you know, the the previous performance from like the older mm-hmm. version of the movie, but I don't think I could even imagine Maddie Ross as anyone other than Haley Steinfeld. And Jeff Bridges just looks like his name would be Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> like, he just has the vibe. And, like, and throughout that movie, it is their performance that just shines through and makes it work. You know? Like, oh, man. I mean, the I do not know this man. After she, like, yeah, climbs the really whole way funny. up the tree and cuts him down, like... It, it, they're all, it, the delivery and their interactions with one each other or one another are just so good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, and then my last one, which genuinely might be like a number one performance yeah. was Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Yes, that and was And he fantastic. won an Oscar for this yes, performance and it was incredibly well-deserved. Oh yeah. This movie is so emotional, but also the character work that it required for him to play this like heavily overweight grieving, estranged from his family man. Like, this character has a lot going on. Oh, yeah. And he plays him so well. And you really come to to love him and care for him, whereas at the beginning of the movie, you, like, don't really know what his deal is. And as things are slowly revealed, you, like, really, really just come to yeah. love him. And I think he was played so well. No one else could have played that part like Brendan Fraser did. And I'm so so glad he won that Oscar because he really deserved it. Yeah. All right. Top three scenes. These are not in particular order. Mine either. This is always, this is one of my favorite questions, I think. Because it's fun to look at the list and just see like what pops out to you. I rewatched it just to make sure it was as good as I remember. The ending of Banshees of Inisherin, where it's Calm and Podrick on the on the shore. Uh-huh. Uh, Calm has survived his house being burned down, <laughs> and there's this immediate just like look of uh, it, it, uh, anywhere from the beginning of the scene where Podrick realizes Calm has survived and his face falls. It 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 really just highlights how that like codependent friendship has just completely dissolved into this this hatred but there's there's also regret and there's so many emotions between the two actors it's 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 unreal it's absolutely unreal and and it's just that like kind of like pained or the like like thanks for looking after my dog anyhow and he goes anytime and it's like kind of a pained like look back at him um and then oh my god it's just so good that movie is so beautiful and so unhinged at the same time. Yeah. Oh my, it's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Uh, um, one of mine is the test bomb scene in Oppenheimer. Yeah. That is one of the most memorable scenes we've seen this year. And part, I mean, Peter already talked about it, but part of it is the sound. Like the deafening silence that goes on just a little too long 
where you're starting to wonder how they're gonna do this scene and then the eventual the eventual sound and just like the way it pans to all the characters and what they're all doing it it was phenomenally phenomenally done yeah my second scene is the confrontation at the end of pale blue eye where Edgar Allan Poe finally realizes which which of the murders belong to um, Christian Bale's character, mm-hmm. and which of the murders, and, and and what it's it's so complicated because the person who's killing everyone is Christian Bale, <laughs> but the people who are under suspicion and are doing the weird fucked up cult shit are not Christian Bale. It's like the actual suspects in the yeah. murder. Like it's 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 crazy, and and the the way the way what his his sort of like his like honestly tearful confrontation with with I, I wish I could remember Christian Bale's character's name, but like Poe's mm-hmm. confrontation I can I can't remember the actor who plays Poe. Give us Dudley a little Dursley, grace, please but... remember we watched one hundred and two movies <laughs> this year. <laughs> I, I know it's Dudley Dursley's actor, but I don't yeah. know what his name is. Um, and like just the 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 pain on his face. Um, and like this, this realization of what's happened, and like, and how he he doesn't intend to turn him in because, you know, he understands his 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 motive, and it's it was just it was such a punchy confrontation, it was so good. What a, it's a fantastic end of that movie. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a really good movie. Yeah, we saw it at uh, Vacation House, yeah. so you don't really, I don't think about it as much. But like, like seeing the name on the list, I was like, "Oh shit, that was such a good scene." Mm-hmm. Oh man. Uh, my next one is when Dwayne finds out he's colorblind and can't enlist in the military anymore in Little Miss Sunshine. Oh shit, and we, that was good. Yeah, we haven't heard him speak up until now, and he goes in this into the field and he just screams. Um, and it is just so it's so well done. Paul Dano like just really lets it all loose in that scene. Um, and it really, like, is your first connection to Dwayne's character, I feel like. Because before then, he hasn't spoken a word. Like, he just looks like this grumpy teenager. And this, like, adds some characterization to him. You find out how important this was to him. And, yeah. It was just, I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then my third one was the multitude of reveals at the end of The Prestige. Um you kind of see one of them coming a little bit. Um, they're both telegraphed throughout mm-hmm. the throughout the movie. But if you're not like paying attention or you can miss them or you know if you're just sort of attributing it to something else, like him having a twin could easily be attributed to him being bipolar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So you you kind of go throughout the movie thinking, oh he I think he's probably just a little mentally ill and you realize that no, there's two. There's yeah. two of this freaking guy, um, and then the other one. The the reveal of like of like the reason he found him dying, is because like you you you, you that one's the dawning realization throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie of the Nikola Tesla machine that clones you, and he's just been dropping them into vats of water essentially, and it's it's just it's crazy it, oh. It's crazy. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 such a good slow burn reveal coupled mm-hmm. with the immediate like oh fuck there was two of them yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> it like it was it's so fantastic so fantastic. Uh, my last scene is the bench scene in the birdcage. 
this was one of my favorite lines of the year. Um, Robin Williams' character tells his partner, there's only one place in the world I call home, and it's because you're there. And it's just such oh. a heartfelt moment between the two of them, especially when his partner has been questioning, like, do you even care about me? Like, you're pushing me aside for the sake of, like, pretending to be someone you're not. And it just is, like, so, such a connecting moment between the two of them. And it's crazy how lines, like, that's not the most profound line in the world. Like, to say there's only one place in the world I call home and it's because you're there is not something that's, like, all it's that. It's not ultra deep. Yeah, it's not, but it was the delivery. Yep. Like, the way he says it to him, it just hits you <sighs> in the gut. So good. I love that scene. So good. All right, so that is all of our 2023 yes. wrap-up. We're going to end this by talking about some movies that we want to see in 2024. And I'm calling it right now. We're watching all the movies I want to see. Peter, you know we have a busy year. It's only five. Okay, that's not too bad. And I, I understand. I, I know they're going to happen. Okay. I, I can feel it in my plums. We got this going. Ew. What Sorry, are that's, a, that's, a, that's a line <laughs> from, uh, from uh, oh God, Eastbound and Down. It's a HBO series starring, um, oh, God. You don't even know, do you? I don't know. I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but I think Will Ferrell says the line in the show. It's very funny when he says it. <laughs> no, Danny McBride is the star of the show. Okay. Anyway, to movies we want to see. Do you want to go first? Julie? Yeah, I can. I have four. I definitely want to see Inside Out 2. Okay. It looks so good. Yep. I'm so excited about it. They've got... Uh, a whole host of new emotions now that Riley is hitting puberty. The only one they've revealed is anxiety, but there are going to be other ones yep. too, and I think that's going to be super fun. Uh, the first one is just like a really good, poignant, like honestly a five-star movie for me. Um, Dune Part 2, we've got to see. <laughs> Even though we feel like we've seen it already because uh, we were at the theater today. Such and an the, ass trailer. The trailer for it was so long um, and showed a lot. Um, and then I have two carryovers from this year that I didn't get to that I, I want to, which is The Holdovers, mm. which is one we meant to see, and we just kind of missed it in theaters, so yeah. we'll have to wait. Um, and then The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes uh, has been getting a lot of buzz, particularly from my sisters um, and people on the book internet. And I don't, like, Nerds. I don't like to be out of the loop, so I want to know what it's all about. I got five movies. Of course, Dune 2 was on the list. Yes. So that's it was definitely somewhere I'm going to go see in the theater. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I also have uh, two other movies we're going to go see in the theater. Oh, yeah. Deadpool 3 comes yeah, out next year. I knew you were gonna no say that shot one. we missed Deadpool 3. Uh, we're going to want. There's like one thing that would make us miss <laughs> Deadpool 3. And I, it's not. We're, we're going to watch. It's going gonna, gonna to happen. We're going to see it. Um, there's also a movie coming out relatively soon that I plan on dragging us to theater see called Argyle. Um, the poster the, for that looks intriguing, but I don't know anything about I, it. We saw one of the, Oh, I saw the... Did I see the trailer? Or did you, did we, I don't I think thought I we have. saw it together. I might have to see if I can find a, a movie trailer for it because I think okay. you'll be really interested once you see what it is. Or... Um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, it's a spy thing. And I'm oh, excited. Okay. Um, and then we have two movies that have already come out. One of which I'm probably going to watch with my friends called Ford vs. Ferrari. Um, Autumn's just not that interested in that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, that's, I've heard it's fantastic. And I've seen a lot of clips that just look fantastic. Um, there's particularly, there's this clip where uh, Carol Shelby takes like Henry Ford III uh, on a ride in the Ford GT. 
Um, and it's just so fast. And Henry Ford the third starts to cry. Um, and it, and he, he starts to cry and he's, and, and it, it, it's, it's because he wishes his father, the original Henry Ford, or, you know, his grandfather, yeah. the original Henry Ford would have been alive to have ridden in that machine because it, he would have been as equally as, you know, like floored by yeah. its performance based on where he started and where it all, you know, ended up. Um, and uh, the last one, which we're going to watch together because there's a movie going to come out in theaters that I'm interested in seeing. We're going to watch Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I don't know if you'll like it or not. It, <laughs> I think it's got the same amount of cinematic quality as the first Dune movie. Okay. Um, without any of the religious sort of sci-fi that that, that has. Um, but it looks really good. And I really, it's, it's, it is lauded as being one of, like, it, it was one of the best movies that came out, like, that year. You know, it was, it's fantastic. It's supposed to be really good. And it's really pretty. And the practical effects are insane. Um, and I really want to see it. And there's Furiosa is coming out, which is the, um, the like backstory for the main female character in Fury Road. And I want to see that too. So I'll probably pick that one relatively soon, so we can get it done before Oscar season. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. This is like the most fun episode to record every year. Um, it's really fun to wrap up a, a whole year of movies and get to Oof. start fresh. We actually have already started fresh, so stay tuned for that. Oh my god, next the first Wednesday. movie we watched, five stars, yeah, we're baby. we're never going to top it. So five that's, stars. That's a little bit stressful. It, it's even more, like, Departures was a five-star movie for me. It was the first one, and I found out that I didn't rate another movie five stars until, like, mid-April. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. So I'm hoping that I don't just watch 18 piles of shit for, or more than that, for like three months. Uh, anyway. Well, we will say that our, our goal always um, with this, this project is to watch 100 movies a year. 2024 may be the first year we don't hit that. Yes. Um, so our goal for 2024 is to watch as many movies as possible. Yes. We have a lot of things coming up, life stuff, school stuff, all sorts of things. We're still aiming for 50-50. Yes. As in... We each pick, take turns picking. Yes. <laughs> so it's still 50 50 yeah. films, even if that 50 50 does not add up to 100. Yes. Um, but like I said, goal is to watch as many as possible. Yes, ideally. So at least for the beginning of the year, we're still going to be cooking at yeah, the same rate we're along. cooking now. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll end up slowing it down a little bit towards the middle of the year. Um, with the intention of at some point going back to our 100 movies. Our usual a year. schedule, yeah. yeah. Love, love the, love the, the like, sort of finality of at least 100 movies a year mm-hmm. it, it's like this it was my idea originally i think mm-hmm. 100 movies um, a year was your idea yep so and just because you know there's so much stuff and if you're not if you're not like attempt making an attempt you know you're gonna miss out on a lot of shit um and like i mean why would you want to miss out on any of this stuff you know <laughs> All right, well, here's to 2024 and hopefully many, many five-star movies. Oh, boy. 